You're listening to the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast. Everybody, welcome to the Don't Tell My Grandma podcast coming to you live from our cozy abode in Tokyo. And today is not so cozy because we're ready to get to go to the gym. We're going to get some uh, some workouts dad done. Jokes, dad, dad jokes. Dad jokes. I have to represent the dads in the in the in the audience, you know? Yeah, so today we are really happy and we are energetic and ready to hit the dumbbells. I'm talking like I'm never I've never been to the gym. Yeah, I love exactly. going to the gym. <laughs> I am your host Juan and as always I'm joined by my extremely fit and talented and strong co-host Wendy. Wendy, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, great. I'm really excited for our conversation because today we have a wonderful guest who we're so excited to introduce. Her name is Carmel, and I don't want to butcher your last name. So, can you please tell us how you pronounce your last oh, name? Oh, I, I know how to pronounce it. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, Jean, Jean Francois. Jean Francois. Yeah. Jean Francois. Well, I, I I take them both, right? <laughs> Jean Francois, Jean Francois. So it's all good. Oh, yeah, my, my French. Jean. I got the Jean, right? You yeah. got the Francois. <laughs> my, my French lessons in school actually serve for something. <laughs> Both of you got each part of it like right. So I think combining it all together, we're good. <laughs> awesome. Well, Carmel is a multi-talented lady. She was born in Brooklyn, New York. And she's a motivational speaker. She's an author of the International Woman women of color who boss up, founder and CEO of CFIT Coaching, and a an NASM, forgive me if I butchered that acronym, but personal trainer. So she's certified personal trainer and a black belt. She loves martial arts. Yeah. It's amazing to have so many accreditations and also kick ass on black on, on, on karate. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. We're really excited to talk to you today, Carmel. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Juan. Thank you, Wendy, for having me on here. It's um, it's definitely um, I, I I saw you guys and I saw you guys flow and I said, oh, how much fun would it be to be on your show? And and you were okay with it, so I appreciate being here and I appreciate that you want to talk to me. <laughs> oh well, we're more than okay with it. We're just so excited to have you bring your warmth. I mean, the first time we met you, you were so bubbly, and we could tell that you make a fantastic coach. So we're really excited to hear about your journey. How did you get started? And um, let's talk about. C-Fit Coaching first. Oh, sure, sure, sure. So C-Fit Coaching was um, more um, recently born from COVID, right? So that was when I decided to form this LLC. But my journey as a fitness instructor started 
many years ago where, well, actually I grew up a tomboy, right? So I grew up a tomboy, but I never got a chance to do any sports. I never got a chance to get involved in any sports. My parents didn't have the luxury to, to put us in any organized sports as far as um, finances were concerned and time. They were too busy trying to raise us and trying to earn money, all that good stuff. But that was okay. When I was um, in my early 20s, I found martial arts and it was a dojo that just had opened up around the neighborhood. And um, I did his flyers. He approached me, he says, oh, I heard that you do like artistic flyers and I'm opening up this karate school. And if you help me with some of my flyers, I'll let you, I'll let you train free. And that would be silly for me to say no. <laughs> so I actually joined and I brought my sister along with me and a few of my friends. So that, that started up in the summer. And I remember that was all we did for about two years. If we weren't at home, we were at the dojo because this was local. It was like right around the corner. My mom always knew where we were. But then after I, I did get my black belt, the hardest thing I ever did. <laughs> it was so tough. It was, you know, the training and basically martial arts, they break you down in order to really, so that you can find your strength. So it was emotionally um, taxing. It was physically taxing. But at the end, it was so rewarding because once we earned our black belts, we were shown with so much respect by the um, by the fellow martial artists, by the ones that were coming up in rank. So that was that was an experience in and of itself. I was just like, oh, wow. And I felt it too. Right. I felt like I had accomplished something. And then the respect that they were giving me, I had earned. And then I started teaching the um, younger kids as they were coming up in their ranks. But I did that for a short time because then by this point, I'm still in my early 20s, graduated college. Now I'm ready to work. And so because now I had a full time job, I kind of gave up like many people do. Right. Many people give up their sport or their physical activity for work for their nine to five. And that's what I did. And for about 10 years, I was sedentary. I didn't even want to exercise, not even so much that I didn't have the time for it and I wanted to get back to it. I didn't want to be bothered. And it was interesting because I knew I had a naturally um, fit physique, so to speak, but I knew I was also gaining weight. And my my mom had um, hypertension, dad had adult onset diabetes. And so I knew that I knew I was headed in that direction, I, that, but that wasn't still in, not enough to motivate me. And then one night I was hanging out in the city. I was hanging out in the city. It was a long day. I remember that day. I remember it because it changed my life. I um, got in the car, driving home, and it was about 1.30 in the morning and uh, close to 2.00. And I remember being so tired and I had rolled down the windows to get some air in the car. I turned on the radio so that I can really kind of like be stimulated to stay up, but it didn't work. I remember being right around the corner from home. I was so close and the light changed. And the very second I kind of turned to make that corner, I had already fallen asleep. And then all of a sudden, silence, nothing. I remember opening my eyes up and there was no more radio. There was no more breeze flowing into the car because I had hit 
a pole. And I remember being in such excruciating pain. And I didn't, I didn't understand this pain. I had never hurt myself before. I had never broken a bone before. So I was like, I don't know. I said, I told myself, if I just can get up and out of this car and stretch my legs, I'll be okay. And I remember trying to open the door and it wouldn't open. And I tried that side. And I remember thinking to myself, all right, stop. I was by myself, obviously. I remember thinking to myself, just, just relax, take a deep breath and try to open this door. So I did. And I said, all you're going to do is step out and stretch your legs. I stumbled out, fell out of the car. My legs weren't working. I had broken my hip, broken my ankle. I severed the tendons in my hand and I was just a mess. And I remember lying on the concrete floor and um, somebody came to stay with me. He could have been a homeless man for all I knew. I have no idea. He did tell me that the ambulance had been called. And I was so grateful. I was more grateful for him staying with me. And he held my hand. And to this day, I don't know. I'm like, I'm getting emotional. To this day, I don't know who he is. I don't even remember his name, but I remember asking him his name. And for a long time, I did remember it. And every time he would cross my mind, I would say a prayer for him, hoping that he was okay wherever he was. But um, the ambulance did soon come. And um, when I got to the hospital, there's, they told me that they had to do emergency surgery. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm supposed to be home right now. <laughs> like, why are you like, I, I didn't understand it, but um, they had to call my sister. And the worst part of it all was I knew my sister was going to have to call my mom. I had just lost my father in a car accident six months earlier. And I, that, that's, the that's the first thing I thought about. I was like, oh, my God, I'm putting my family. How could I be putting my family through this? Because this was on my own, right? Nobody hit me. Nothing. I, this was me. I knew I was too tired to sleep. So anyway, long story short, they I'm okay. I'm fine, obviously, right? And um, so what happened was that I was in the hospital for six days. And upon my leaving, I was so scared. I felt so weak. I had like all these broken bones and and um, I couldn't even use a walker. I, I, I was like I was half on a walker, but my my hand was in a splint. It, they gave me all these mix of things for me to move. And I remember moving three steps and I was so exhausted. And I felt like if I just so much as bump the wall, I would break into pieces because I felt so weak and so not ready to go home. But they sent me home and I was so much stronger than I thought I was. And something started happening because I realized that I was stronger than I was. Mentally, I was okay. Like, and emotionally, I was okay. So much of my family and friends came to visit me in the hospital. I was, I was grateful to be alive and I was grateful to have this, my breath. But physically, I felt so scared. But my doctor said, Carmel, this is what you're going to do. You're going to eat. You're going to eat. Your body right now needs the nutrition to help you heal. And I did. And I was, um, as I healed and got better, even with my cast on, I was moving small movements here and there. I didn't want my muscles to atrophy. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to be cooped up. And I, I discovered, I discovered the role that health and nutrition actually plays 
in the healing process. That was the first time I made that connection. You know, you know, you, you're, you're younger, you, you, you eat to sustain life, sure. But mostly I was eating because I enjoyed, right? Uh, I just chose what I liked. And yeah, they say nutrition, nutrition, but I didn't make that correlation until this moment because the doctors were all very impressed by how quickly I was healing. So now it was kind of like, what else can I do? So the cast comes off and I'm just kind of like, let me go to the track and run. So I became very amazed and very grateful for my body, my movement, the ability to move, the fact that I had all these broken bones and everything healed. And I was in my thirties already. So I, I felt like, um, People always say, oh, yeah, because you're so young. But I, I wasn't 16. Do you know what I mean? So I felt like, OK, what else can I do? And I ended up doing all kinds of things. Right. So I knew that I had the martial arts behind me. So that was like my love. So I continued doing small movements here and there as I felt as my foot felt better because I did break my ankle. I told my doctor what I was doing. I said, listen, I'm going out to the track. He says, listen, as long as you feel okay, you're good. You're strong. So I met a guy on a running team. I ended up running three marathons since then. I was in fitness competitions since then. You know, nothing crazy. Like I didn't go and do gymnastics. But the whole idea of it was I felt myself as I got stronger. And I was more and more impressed with my body as I got stronger. And as I got stronger, people were asking me, well, what are you doing? So that's what inspired me to study for these certifications that I did. And I just wanted to learn. I just wanted to be stronger. I just wanted to keep challenging my body. I felt like as long as my body could move, I just wanted to just, just keep doing stuff. And pretty much that's, that's what started me on my fitness journey. So just last year during the, during the pandemic, I, I always had a little bit of a following, nothing crazy, but I said, oh, this, I was actually working with a mentor and she says, this is the time. This is the time for you to, to, to do something. People are home. They're, they're scared. They want to take, they want to distract themselves and they want to stay healthy. They don't want to gain all this weight. So I started C-Fit. So C-Fit Coaching really is um, an online group support community. So I don't really train anybody, but what I do is I coach them through their exercises. I coach them through their nutrition. I provide a support group, so a bragging board. So, you know, you could come back and say, ah, oh, I did this and this and this, right? Because I knew I, I wanted to brag whenever I accomplished something. You know, we all like have this tendency to want to just brag about what we just did. And not everybody always wants to hear it. <laughs> so here was a place, a safe place where people can brag and cry. We also cried together. So certain people, based on what society's standards are about the way we're supposed to look and the way we're supposed to feel about food and emotional eating, eating disorders, those things are real. So these women, I usually work with a group of eight women or so at a time. And these group of women, they whatever they were going through with food, with their bodies, with health, with nutrition, with even whatever um, conditions they were suffering with. We all got a chance to get together on a weekly basis, talk about what we're eating, talk about the activities we're involved in, and also talk about how we felt about ourselves. And I thought it was fantastic. I really knew I had something special. And that's really um, my fitness journey and how I came to, to be the uh, founder of C-Fit Coaching. <laughs> wow. 
Wow. What a wonderful journey. Yeah, that's a beautiful story. Thank yeah. you for sharing. Total roller coaster goes ups and down. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then up again. I feel like a lot of people have like stories like that. And it's just, um, you know, where people are in their lives and and how much they're willing to give back or how much they they can give back. I was in a position where I could. And so I just took advantage of it and I love it. And I feel it feels it feels good. (laughs) That's wonderful. What I find most impressive is after your car accident, what kind of attitude you upheld And even though you had suffered so much damage and trauma, you were still in this mindset of like, okay, I'm grateful for my body. My body is still operating, even though I have a bunch of casts and bandages, but I'm going to, I'm going to do something with it and I'm not going to waste this opportunity. Did that mindset come right away or did you kind of struggle with the ups and downs of it? I feel like I don't have real memory of being down about it because I was so happy that I was okay. And I was so happy that I had so much support, which is another thing that I that I offer for CFIT is support. I don't feel like anybody can go through anything that means something in their lives and not have a support system in place. So that was my first lesson in knowing there are people rooting for me. There were people who loved me, who wanted to see me well. And in my mind, I was like, how could I not be happy? I'm alive. I can breathe. That that incident could have ended so differently so differently. There are things worse than death, right? And so when I realized that, I was, what do I have to be sad about? That was my attitude. And yeah, I to your point, Wendy, not everybody goes through that. Some people really get down and out and beat themselves up about it. But I, I, but I feel like I was truly blessed to be in a place where I knew, I saw it, and I had the ability to 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 celebrate that. I feel like I had a really good head on my shoulders. Somebody that might suffer from some type of mental disorder might not have looked at it the same way, right? So I'm so grateful that I was healthy enough that I can see, be aware enough that I could celebrate celebrate the gift and the blessing I was given. So so that in and of itself was something to celebrate about. And I've and I've heard about people who dealt deals with deals with worse. The other day I was watching um a clip. I don't really pay attention to America's Got Talent. That's a you know reality TV show. I don't watch it, but I happened to stumble upon a clip where this girl sang this song and she sounded amazing. And when she got on there, she was very thin, very little hair. And they they asked her a question. She says, "Well, I have cancer." And they, they all looked at her like, whoa. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, it's something that I, it is what it is. And I'm just living my life. And when she was done singing and everybody was floored. And as you can imagine, like people are crying. She says, well, you can't wait till your life is not hard for you to be happy. That's so true. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Not everybody sees it like that. And I wish everybody could. Because life is beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I have my down moments. I have the 
my moments when my I sound like a truck driver, I'm cursing out, cursing and not happy or sad. I go through those moments, absolutely. But then I try, I always really try to be mindful, take a step back and just look at the bigger picture and things are not that bad. It is amazing that like, uh, I know we, we've talked for a little while before we did this interview so that just to get to know each other and, and set up the interview, of course, but we probably talked for about an hour in total. And I can already tell that your personality is perfect for the role of like coaching and, and helping other people find, find their own strength and motivating them to be the best version of themselves. And it is really amazing how you just like found that immense amount of energy and positivity after that incident and built yourself. And now you're helping other people. You found that overflow of energy and happiness to be able to give to other people, which is, of course, wonderful and very commendable. And that's amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. And and what's interesting, Juan, is that. So after I was I was I was working for somebody at the time of the accident. And when I came back, I told you that people were just really curious about my journey. And that's when I decided to be a, a personal trainer. So as I was working my nine to five, I, I started working as a personal trainer at um, a, a gym, a local gym in Brooklyn. And um, that was my that was my after work thing. Then as the years went by, I decided to open my own business in the, in the same business as my nine to five, which is more or less in construction. And I work with architects and engineers, something very, very different. So I started my business in there, there because I had an opportunity. Somebody said that they were going to sponsor me. And so I did that. And then I went back to training a little bit. And then I stopped the training because now I have this business. Now it's my business. I'm no longer working for someone. So I stopped the training. And then I went back to the training, helping one or two people here. I, I felt like I was always going back when I just when I thought that, you know, um, fitness was a phase. And um, as far as helping other people, because I was still very consistent with my own training, whatever it was I was tra working out for training for. And I always found myself going back. And I think it was this year, 2021, that I decided no more going back. This is me for the rest of my life. Fitness encouraging others, enabling others to do what they can for help. Because as we get older, we need it even more uh, because people have this misconception. Of, oh, you can do that because you're young. No, I can do that because I have a body and you do too. And if, as long as you can move it, you can do it. And I really, oh, I'm such an advocate for older people getting out and moving. It has nothing to do with age. And it doesn't even have to do with how healthy or not healthy you think that you are because we can always get you there. We can always get you there and it's never too late. And I try to really emphasize that for people who are like, oh, you're young, you can do that. No, no, that's such a bad attitude. If you don't want to do it, that's fine. I, I respect it. But don't, you know, don't just kind of like throw it away so easily. It's not, that's not the way things are. <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to ask you, when you start working with clients or when they seek consultation, do you see people from all different backgrounds and levels of fitness and 
how how do you begin the work with them? I guess is my question. I love that. Yeah. So I do I do sit down with them. I ask them what their goals are, and based on a lot of times their goals are very very much aligned with the, their um, way of life right now, and even quality of life. And it's interesting because when I first started. Um, getting into training people, all I wanted to do was show people exercises. Let's be strong together. Let's get some muscles, you know, let's get you running a, a, a race. Let's get you in competition or something. So that was my, that was what I was like gung ho about. And then I found that people were like, well, what should I be eating? And I was not interested in nutrition. I don't want to talk about nutrition. I want to talk about exercise. But I feel like within the last year, I've really come to be very enthusiastic about nutrition because although I put the uh, I put the two together when I was healing I said oh I see fitness and fitness and nutrition will keep my body strong will help my body heal I was still more fitness now because nutrition is big right and nutrition is so individual for each person so it was a little scary it was I was a little overwhelmed by it um and I was a little like um, intimidated and I didn't want to get into it. And I know that maybe to learn to, to eat healthy, I would have to clean up my eating habits too, right? Because <laughs> I still like that bur those burgers and fries. <laughs> but um, in the past year or so, I really become into nutrition. And I find that most of my clients, that's where their hang up is. In the struggle with them knowing whether or not they can... They can eat. Well, I know dairy is not good, but can I eat this? Or like there, there's a struggle, right? There's a, a battle, I feel, with most of my clients. So lately, the most of my clients have been more nutritionally focused. And I also definitely emphasize the fitness because our bodies are machines. They're meant to move. They're meant to move. We can't just sit around and just try to see if we could just diet. Can it be done? Absolutely. But I don't recommend it because we need to move. That's why you want to be able to go to a party and dance and not feel pain. You want to be able to go to the supermarket and carry your bags home and not need help. You want to be able to walk up a flight of stairs without feeling like you're going to fall and hurt yourself and not be able to complete it. So, yes, I sit down during my consultation. I see where they, where they want to be. And it's interesting because a lot of people say that they want to be healthier, but they're not ready. They're not ready to put in the work. They're not ready to learn how to change. And I'm a big advocate with, I'm not going to give you a whole new diet plan, something for you to ju just, just get used to. Like, here, do this for a month. I'm here to say, hey, what are you already doing? Let's tweak that a little bit. But some people can't work like that either. So I try to find them where they're at. So what do you prefer? Do you prefer a diet plan for a month? And I don't like to call them diet plans. I try to call it meal plans because diet has a negative connotation to it. Although the diet really means like a meal plan. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So I just try to see where they are. And every once in a while, I do get that client that's like I, I'm working with one woman right now. I didn't know what to expect, but her eating was on point. And she's just like, I'm just ready to get stronger. And I'm like, my kind of girl. But I enjoy working with everybody as long as they're open to learn. Because I'm, I'm still learning. I'm still very much a work in progress. 
and I will continue to learn. Um, <clears throat> I feel like um, when I even get my older clients and they're suffering from some kind of a chronic condition, whether it's arthritis or whether it's um, um, hormonal issues, I feel like whew, a challenge, a chance for me to learn something else because <laughs> I'm always trying to challenge myself. So what better way for me to do it for my client and just kind of like I said, hey, we're going to figure this out together. And so I enjoy that aspect of it. And I think I think they do, too, because I, I treat each client like let's go on this journey together. We're going to have fun. Are there the clients that I want to wring their necks and say, why can't you get it? Absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, aren't you paying attention to me? But um, but for the most part, I just love it. I just love it. <laughs> I want to put a bit the spotlight on your business, Seafit Coaching. Yeah. And I want you to tell us the journey of someone who wants to join. Mm -hmm. Let's say, for example, I want to get some assistance on my training or I just want some help with my nutrition. Mm -hmm. What would be the, the process of you helping that person? The way I work, the way I work with, um, with the way I'm working with my groups currently is that um, I collect a group of maybe eight women. Um, last, my last cohort was eight women and this month as well. I try to work with them anywhere from four to eight weeks, um, depending on where I see that their stamina is and depending on where I am, where, where, when I collect these women and we start in a month. And um, so now I have a group of eight women. Most of the times they don't know each other. And we have an initial like Zoom meeting where everybody introduces each other. And I pair people off in, in teams and so that they now have that one-on-one -on -one support. And now they have the group support as well as my support. And we just keep in touch every day. Every day I post motivational messages. Every day I'll um, encourage them to post their meals. And so they'll literally take a snapshot of their food and then I start dissecting it. And I just I do that so that I can give tidbits here and there. It's like, OK, well, I I I I eat dairy. I eat cheese. I'm not a vegan. I eat meat. But everything that they post, I kind of give them a highlight of why they might want to make healthier choices where they would want to make healthier choices. If something looks like it was clearly fried, I'm like, how much oil did you use for that? What type of oil? So, you know, you hear all these things, right? The best types of oils to cook in, um, packaging. We go over reading food labels to, to limit the amount of sodium and, um, <clears throat> and sugar that we take in when we can control it. Sometimes you can't control it. When you go to a restaurant, there's very little to control. But I also teach them how to, when you go to a restaurant, how to order to fit your taste buds, to fit your dietary um, nutritional needs, and also so that you don't walk away feeling like you just ate a planet. Um, so basically, that that's how I do it. So they all... They all kind of get to um, see what each other's cooking. They get ideas. Oh, what's that? Oh, I should try that. Where did you get that? How does it taste? And um, I really dissect it. And on some of them, I've, I'm gently, I gently really scream at them. It's like, oh, that looks delicious. But didn't I already tell you you shouldn't have like um, a burger and fries with 
mayonnaise and there's I feel like there's so many ways that nature has given us to flavor our foods we don't just need the salt and pepper and I'm sure um Juan and Wendy you can you you can understand that <clears throat> I think the American I quote unquote way is to salt and pepper right but there's so many herbs and spices that flavor our food so nicely. And then also I try to enforce to people, listen, give your taste buds a chance to taste the food. Because one of the things that I learned while I was going through my one of my competitions was I couldn't have the salt and all the extra stuff and condiments. Oh, I don't have condiments in my refrigerator because I feel like I want to taste my food. And that was one of the things that I've learned. So I, I provide this real nice support community. I don't require anybody to post every single day. You don't have to communicate every day, but just as long as you show up, you let us know that you're here every once in a while, you let me know what you're eating. I reach out for the folks that I don't hear from again, um, but that's pretty much how I work with the group. Um, I have a couple of clients who I work with individually because I reached out to them. Like, like I said, the ones I want to wring their necks out and they're not getting it. I said, listen, you need a little bit more help than what the group is offering you. Like you need to, we need to go over what your dietary plan is. Like somebody who was uh, just, just uh, diagnosed with a certain condition. And I say, you know what, we need to kind of like make sure that you're eating the right foods for your condition. And it just so happened that she posted something and I said, you're not supposed to be eating that. Somebody else in the group said, well, why not? I thought that was OK. And that's when I had to explain, well, she's suffering from such and such. But I took her aside and I said, let's talk a little bit more deeply about what you're eating there. So now she and I have a one on one thing. So I work with clients one on one to help them clean up their meals. Um, I tell them that I've studied, but I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. I have certificates, right? Um, which is very different, but I feel I can lead you in the right direction. And when something's a little bit too much for me, I'll just refer them out and let them know, okay, you're ready for the next step. So basically that's how, that's how I work with um, my typical clients, but it's mostly the group. It's mostly the group. They like it. They have fun. And there's no real, um, how do you call it? No real pressure for them to, it, it, it kind of gives them the freedom to learn as they go. And I, I emphasize, this is not a six week diet. It's not. I'm not promising you that you're going to lose 50 pounds by the end of six weeks. Didn't take you. It didn't take you six, six weeks to um, gain all this weight. Didn't take you six weeks to get to where you are. And it's not going to take you six weeks to lose it. I'm being realistic here. If you want a diet, I'm not the one. And so I try to teach them just to implement sustainable, sustainable habits so that they could take with them and go and just keep hearing my voice in their minds because I run my mouth over and over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like a fantastic program. And you see so much um, on the internet that you, you know, well, not everyone knows, but at some point you realize that they're just trying to sell you a product they don't really care about your journey. And it's like, oh, let's go on this fad and try this and you'll look like this bikini model in two weeks. 
The and one trick the 1% would not tell you. Yeah. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> yes, the secret, right? The secret that they didn't tell you. Yeah, it's it's frustrating because, you know, I've, I've fallen for that. I have. Like, I'm trying to fit into a dress and I'm like, ooh, I'm not going to eat for a week. It's, 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 it's sad that people think that that can happen like that. It's only because of the marketing. Marketing... Marketing folks, they're geniuses at that. They get into they get really they get into your pain points and they promise you something. They promise you these amazing results. So they get their money, and at the end of the day, the consumer's like, Well, I didn't get there. Or they got there in an unhealthy way. And then the weight comes back like like crazy. You know, like the the, the, the diets where you're cutting out carbs and I, everything that we eat nutritiously has a function in our bodies, has a function in, in, in the way we are put together, in the way we can um, show up the, sustain, the sustainability of our, our health, you, you know, like, it's, and how everything just blends in together, sleep moods, food, exercise. I need energy so that I can exercise. But if I'm cutting out my carbohydrates, it doesn't make sense. So a lot of the things people don't stop and they, they don't, they don't know, you know, when you don't know what you don't know. And it's unfortunate because that's when the marketing companies really, you know, they target you then. So. I love that you're putting a lot of emphasis on sustainability because I know from my own experience and and I've had the opportunity to also help other people just in a personal way, how lifestyle is really the problem. And the people who say that they work on coaching or, or training or helping other people with their, with their physique or, or training for a, uh, changing their lives, the really good ones make an emphasis on like, I'm not here to help you achieve a goal that's just going to be a one-time thing. I'm working on changing your lifestyle permanently. If that happens, then I've, I've succeeded in helping you. So for a lot of people, again, as you, as you mentioned, it's always just the, I just need to lose this much weight for mm -hmm. this thing, going to the beach, going for a wedding, mm -hmm. whatever it is. But the reality is that, as you said, you didn't gain that weight in, in, in six weeks. You're not gonna lose it in six weeks. So the reality is that you need to change your lifestyle, change how you eat, change your relationship with food, and change your relationship with your own body so you can start making more healthy decisions, going out uh, for a walk, considering maybe lifting some weights and hopefully also finding joy in an activity that can help you engage on that permanently. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I was always I was always lifting weights because I felt like that was the way for me to keep myself healthy and strong. And it's something that I started from early on, very young. But I didn't feel like it was fun. It was just the thing that I needed to do mm. to keep my body, my physique. But once I discovered boxing, 
that was my thing. Like it was finally something that it was demanding and fun. And I always felt like I can't wait to come back. And if you find that, like you're good, you're good. You're going to be, you're going to be healthy. You're going to be energized all the time. And you're going to feel great about, about yourself. And, and it, it does so much for your life in so many aspects, but it's so difficult for people to, to get out of the, not just get out of their comfort zone, like get out of the door because there's so many, there's so many layers that you're going to have to peel to be able to get to that point. But just the first step is so, so difficult. And I'm, I'm really happy that there are people like you and we love your energy. And, and yeah. I think like, that's what we need more of that. Mm-hmm. so that people can feel like wow i want to i want to work out with with it's someone like that oh yeah wow i want to have all that energy right i appreciate that i really do and um i it's it's just something that comes naturally um to me and i <laughs> I feel blessed to to be this way. And sometimes I hope that <clears throat> I'm not scaring people away. Like, oh my gosh, if I'm going to exercise, do, like, do I have to show up with that much energy? I just don't have it in me. But at the, at the same time, then, you know, like different strokes for different folks, you know, they're not the ones for me. You, you mentioned, you mentioned lifetime. Oh, by the way, boxing is on my, um, that's on my bucket list. I, I really want to, I've done like on, online boxing courses, but I want to, I want to be in a boxing ring, I think. <laughs> That's on my bucket list. I really uh, connected when you mentioned like when you had the training with martial arts, with uh, karate, how they break you down so that you can find your strength. That's very similar to how I felt, especially when I was starting, because just the fact of punching the sandbag not the the baby ones, like the ones that people use for training. It really like, yeah. it teaches you right away that if you think you can punch, you cannot punch. Your knuckles are going to be in pain <laughs> If you thought you were weeks. strong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Think again. <laughs> and, and you're going to be exhausted after three minutes and you're going to be like, okay, I'm done for the day. Yes. Yes. It gives you a whole new respect for the professional boxes that you see. On exactly. The yeah. But once you find that strength in you, it's like, wow, I, I did that. And, and it gives you a lot of confidence, too, which I think. It really does. It teaches you humility, too, doesn't it? Because then you'll fight somebody else who's a fantastic fighter. You know, you, you know you're good, right? You end up in that ring. You know you're about to throw down. And then here he comes and then, you know, he throws, he, he catches you someplace where you wasn't expecting and all of a sudden you you kind of like oh okay I see it's it teaches you humility but it also gives you that inner strength it's it's boxing is amazing and I felt like karate did that for me. <laughs> yeah, do you feel that karate also helped you regulate your mm. anxiety when you're in front of someone and you're confronting someone or you're in a in a situation of like okay I don't know what's going to happen, but I need to be able to control it. Yeah, but you know what it's done for me, Juan? It's um, it's made me realize like, okay, so I'm a woman, right? And yes, I have a black belt. What does that mean? It means like 
I, I fought, you know, a few people. I fought men. I fought, fought ch- like sh- children. I, sh- I, I, fought, I fought black belts. But out there on the streets, like, it te- like I was saying, the humility, I would never challenge someone because I don't know what they're bringing to the table. I don't know. Furthermore, I, I, w- I didn't train with weapons. We just did fists and feet, punching and kicking. I don't know if they have a weapon and, and even dealing with men, I'm never going to raise my hand to a man because he might raise his hand back. And I know mostly, most of the time men are, are pretty, they're built pretty much stronger than I would be. So it's, it's taught me. Yes. It's taught me to be a little bit more aware of my surroundings based on that. Don't be stupid. You know, like I, I run and I, I would have to leave. I would have to leave home so early to go run. It's still dark out. I'm not going to challenge anybody in the street like that. I'm not going to make myself vulnerable and go out and run in the dark. That's just silly for me. So I ended up getting a membership at the local gym just so that I could run on their treadmill. And meanwhile, all my running team, they're like, oh, how do you run on a treadmill? Because they're outdoor runners. And I'm like, well, I'm not stupid. I'm not going to bring myself out there in danger of getting raped or mugged or something like that. So it does teach me awareness, common sense, <laughs> you know, things like that. So, so yeah, Juan, to your point, it, it does, it does um, when something happens, I'm not going to react as quickly. And does my temper sometimes get the best of me? Yes. And then I think back, I'm like, Carmel, you know better than that. But um, I think all of those things were really um, helpful helpful for me to learn in, in, in the dojo. Yeah. It's a great lesson. Yeah. I think the mental discipline that you yeah. gain from it also adds a different level to just exercise because you're not just thinking about like, oh my God, I'm so tired. Like, when is this going to end? You're also thinking about the coordination, um, just training your mind to be present and endure whatever you're going throughout the time. So I think you can gain so much out of that type of exercise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Wendy also... Um, um, not to take things so personally, right? Because I'm my my instructor says you get up, you get up, fight. All of a sudden, they hit me wrong, and I want to fight because you just hit me wrong, and now my feelings are hurt. And you hit me, and you wasn't supposed to hit me here. You were supposed to hit me here. That's what the teacher said. And now I want to fight, and tears are coming. And so, and then you know, instructor stops and says, "Get get a grip. This is just a fight." Go, you know, and he doesn't even stop it. He doesn't say, okay, you're upset. Go sit down. Not at all. You're staying up. You're going get, to get, get rid of your tears and finish this fight. And so, yeah, so it teaches you, don't take things personally because she did not or he did not mean to hit me there. We're here all to learn, right? So <laughs> that was something I went through a lot. I'm like, but what did I do to you? Why did you just hit me that way? <laughs> I went through that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why I really admire and, and respect martial arts uh, because they really teach you. They put you in your place, mm-hmm. um, hopefully in a in a good way, like with a instructor that can help you build yourself up mm-hmm. later. 
and also teach you a lot of discipline, respect, and uh, love for treating your body well and 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 how how strong you can actually be. Right. Yeah, and and I really share that that love for martial arts that you have. Yeah, I'd like to transition the conversation to just dip our toes in entrepreneurship because Juan and I are both really interested in your journey and what it takes to become a personal trainer. Can you walk us through, I guess, the process in which you became a personal trainer? Yeah. So like um, I mentioned earlier that people started asking me questions. Um, uh, They saw the changes in me very quickly. Uh, And initially it was just kind of like, well, you know, I'm not sitting still. I'm just like moving. And I did not feel like I was equipped to give anybody any type of advice. I just knew what I was doing. And back then I would pop in, I think, a DVD or maybe there was some streaming things online that I was just working out with instructors on the screen. I was just doing what they were doing. And it made me all more health conscious, although my my eating habits were not great. But that that small change, I started seeing differences and people started seeing differences. And so they asked me, so I said, you know what? I'm interested enough where I can go and, and, and get a certification. And um, I studied, I got a certification. And then when I got it, I said, well, now what do I do? I said, hey, let me see if anybody's hiring. And, that, and that's what I did. I started, I, I, I looked for a couple of places and somebody hired me really quickly. And I started working with clients and it was nerve wracking because I was like, oh, gosh, I don't want to hurt anybody. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I didn't take any psychology classes. I don't know how to talk somebody through emotional stuff, but I showed up every day and, and I learned a little bit from other people. I learned a little bit from my clients and I learned a little bit just by immersing myself into it. And like I said, it was a back and forth, back and forth. So I learned a lot about me too. Like I just kept coming back to fitness. So I learned that, you know, this is where I need to be. And then over the years, you know, you just gain the confidence and by, by just showing up, by just doing it. And I always, um, I felt like I always stayed transparent enough for me to let everybody know that, listen, I'm learning too, you know, because we're, we're lifelong students. We, we just are. And I'm sure you could attest to that, both of you, because as every as every one of your guests sit here, you're you're taking a bit away, just like they're taking a bit away from you as well. So we're learning all from each other. This is very much a co-creation. Um, so and and I feel like that's what inspires me and sparks me to do better, to learn more, to be able to offer more. And I feel like um, as far as the entrepreneurship and, you know, there's the boring side of it, too. There's the business aspect to it where I feel like I just I just want to train people. I don't want to think about taxes and I don't want to think about forming an LLC and and filling out all that paperwork. But that's all part of it. And if you're lucky enough, you have somebody to help walk you through. And if not, you do it all yourself for C-Fit. I did it all myself. Like I said, I started with the during the pandemic. So there was really nothing else to do. So I just kind of like read through all the paperwork and all this stuff. And I did it all myself. And that also gives me a greater sense of pride that I did that myself. <laughs> you know, so I can really take ownership. Um, not that doing it any other way is is wrong, but but I just kind of like I I had my hand in the putty, so to speak. Um, so so yeah, and I just don't even feel like they say entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship. I just feel like I'm doing what I'm loving. I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. 
yes, I, I understand the term that I'm an entrepreneur, but it's just, you know, day by day, whatever comes along with it, um, whatever things, systems I have to put in place in order to help protect myself from somebody who wants to, you know, come at me and say, you hurt me. And I'm no, I didn't hurt you. You know, I put, you know, things in place as far as that's concerned, keeping a level head and an open mind. And yeah, there are some days I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't feel like dealing with this particular client. But at the end of the day, because of I'm, I'm doing what I love to do, it makes it all worth it. Can you imagine if you already didn't like what you did and now you have to deal with a client that you don't like? You know, at least it's one part of the equation that I like to do. So, <laughs> yeah. I hope I answered your question, Wendy. Oh, yeah, you did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's There's a lot of parallels uh, with a lot of stories that I've heard with other strip entrepreneurs and and my own, my own story because I... I also started my own company with uh, a friend and it is really interesting how usually the very successful ones are the ones who feel they want to invest fully just on the part that's uh, what they love, which is like not the business part. Like if it's a business about confectionaries, like they love the confectionery part. And the business part is like, I just want to find someone else who can take care of that. Like, I, I don't really care. And that is something that I feel really tells how much you really care about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Because in a way, you kind of started small just for the love of it, right? And because you wanted to help people. And I think that's your heart telling you, like, that's the right direction to go. And a lot of people, sometimes they feel like, I want to do something, but I don't even know where to go. And and the ones who do are very, very lucky. The ones who do are very, very lucky. I agree 100 percent. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And also, there's a lot to be said for the people that you have around you back to support. Right. Um, even even like 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 what you're saying, people who don't want to do the business end of it. Thankfully, there are people around who love it. And so you just kind of like, I do me a solid and let me know how much that's going to cost because I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, a tribe of women that you're working with now or is it still a one woman? I show? do. Okay. Yeah, I do. I have um, eight women that I'm working with now. We started mid July and it's going to the end of August. So that's my six week group. This, this, this cohort this time around. Yeah. Oh, the, the summer group. That's intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Six weeks. And one of them was like, I don't know if I could do six weeks. I'm like, of course. I said, you're going to be alive for six weeks. So just kind of like, just tune in and let me know what you're doing as far as your health and your um, nutrition and fitness is concerned. And, you know, I'm just there to, I'm just there literally to coach, to coach you through. Because a lot of times we kind of get lost in life, right? And a lot of many times when 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 life gets tough, the first thing you drop is the exercise routine or the care that you took in your food shopping and making sure that you're cooking and eating healthier. So that's what I did, right? When I was I graduated college and I was doing the karate, but the first thing I dropped when I got my nine to five was I dropped my karate. I didn't even want to exercise anymore. So I'm here to make sure that, hey, listen, you can fit this into your life. It's literally a matter of life and death. And it's not even, like I mentioned before, there are things worse than dying, right? 
And then there are also the quality of life. How do you want to spend your last days on earth? Do you want to spend it ill? Not being able to move because arthritis got the best of you? Or do you want to be able to move, run and play with your kids and your grandkids? Enjoy life. You know, after you've retired, some people, by the time they retire, they can't even move. Their back is not straight. They can't even. Or they can't even go out and like maybe vacation because the, the, the energy is not there, you know, and the physical health is not there. So that's what I try to emphasize, too. I think that's a really beautiful place to to end our conversation. Is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to know about you or where they can find you? Oh, thank you. I would so appreciate that. And I almost forgot to talk about the book. You did mention it for me earlier, Wendy. Thank you. Yes. Um, very, very quickly. You can find me on cfitcoaching.com, the letter C, F-I-T, coaching.com, all one word. And my Instagram is also cfitcoaching, same way. Um, so on there, everything that I'm doing and everything that I offer is there and also my book. So I co-authored a book called International Women of Color Who Boss Up. And it's a, the Boss Up is a series of books. Um, the woman who heads it up, she finds the different types of women. Like previously, it was the Asian women who boss up. I think the next one is women who bossed up during the pandemic or moms who boss up, something like that. But um, I was proud to be part of this. My um, mentor told me that, listen, check this check this um, out. And at first I was unsure about being a co-author. But what, I, what really happened was that I was on a panel of um, amongst 16 other women. And they were all bosses in their own right, in their own respective fields. This wasn't only health and wellness. And I got a chance to collaborate and meet some other amazing women. So um, my chapter's in there and I talk about my journey. Um, and it's just, it's just a, it was a fantastic project. I met fantastic people and I feel fantastic about it. So that my book is on my website. It's actually um, releasing this month. It's been on this month, meaning July. I don't know when you're going to air this. Um, it actually has been on pre-sale for a couple of months. So I'm proud of it. If you, if your, if your viewers and listeners um, order a book from me, I'll autograph it. They'll get a free, a free. I have two free gifts on there for your guests if they come on. So um, I would definitely appreciate the support. And Juan and Wendy, if you don't mind, can I send you a copy? Oh Absolutely, my gosh. Yes. yes. We would love that. We'd be honored. Thank you. Thank you. I would be honored for you to accept it. So thank you. Yeah, for that. I know. I know our audience will really love and uh, be interested in, in reading more about you and also finding more about this book. And, and because I think this journey is it's, it's something that a lot of people will really connect with. And, and especially our audience who's really enthusiastic about people who build themselves and, and find their unique gifts and i think you really found your own unique gifts to the world and 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 that's wonderful and we are really really happy that we got the opportunity to bring you here because you've been our first guest focused on fitness and health and that's something we're really passionate about uh, but we didn't have the haven't had the opportunity to talk about it yet oh <laughs> well very quickly so 
one, I know that you really like um, boxing, but Wendy, what is your thing? That's a great question. So I'm, I'm very much into fitness as well. And I feel like lately it definitely changes. I haven't tried boxing. I've done boxing online like you have. And that's she been really fun. She punches really hard. <laughs> I love it. A girl after my own heart. Yeah. I'm really into um, weightlifting. And recently I tried a pole dancing class. And oh my gosh, it reminded me of just going there and expecting like, oh, I'm strong. Like I've been working out for a few years. I got this. And then I try and get up on the pole and I'm like oh my gosh I have no strength like I thought I was strong now I'm not <laughs> and, and it's funny because I don't want to take too much of your time but I heard that they were going to make pole dancing like a part of the Olympics or something and people are like that's crazy but I'm like it's an athletic thing like I have so much respect for those pole dancers I've taken some pole dancing classes and I'm like <gasps> I feel like I walk out feel like I'm so not strong. I feel depleted. <laughs> well, I'm I'm glad to hear that from you. <laughs> it's it's something like okay, guys, um, enjoy because I can't hang with you. <laughs> but um, but it's definitely fun and it's a nice experience. Oh my god, I love that. And weightlifting is my thing too. I love it. So yeah, I I went to you. Can we be BFFs? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, I Absolutely. I feel like. Everything that you said today is just like, oh, my gosh, yes, I just I just feel so connected. And even though we're on the other sides of the world, like not for too long, not for too long. Not we're going to definitely visit New York. And I hope I mean, I really would be honored if we could meet in person, too, and continue our friendship. Let's, let's make sure that once we once we are together, we work out at least once. Yes. We have to. Oh, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And we're really, we're really grateful for your time and the opportunity to talk with you and hope that someday in the future we'll have you again because yeah. who can resist that beautiful smile and that That's energy? Right. That's right. Yeah. So if you enjoy this episode, you know where to reach out to us. You can uh, send an email to podcast.tomagrama.com. You can find Carmel's uh, website as she said Seafit Coaching and we'll put everything down in the description or uh, on the podcast application description and uh, thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity and uh, we'll see you next time